The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel.
As you know, the Bible is a book of prophecy. It is scattered throughout all of the pages of Scripture. The most spectacular prophecy is found in Daniel, the second chapter. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, has a dream. He demands that the wise men tell him what the dream was and explain what it means, interpret it. They say, you tell us the dream, we'll interpret it. He says, no, no. I want to make sure that you, in fact, are giving me the right interpretation. You must tell me the dream. And if you don't, I will execute you. I will destroy your homes and your families. Daniel hears about this and is also to be executed with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They spend a night in prayer, and in that night, the Lord reveals to them both the dream and the meaning. Daniel goes to Nebuchadnezzar the next morning and outlines exactly what he has been shown. And what has he been shown? He has been shown the course of history upon the earth until the coming of Jesus Christ. He's been shown the emperors or the empires that would be established, the rulers that would rule over the earth. And he's been right. We are now in the toes, the feet of that great image that he saw in vision. Of course, we know that Nebuchadnezzar was the head of gold, that Medo-Persia was the empire that arose after them, and they represented in the dream by the silver of the, of the chest and the belly, the thighs, brass, Alexander the Great, and Greece, and then the iron, Rome. But then there was to be a stone cut out without hands that would smash into the feet of this great image, destroying not only the feet, but grinding to power, grinding to powder, the gold, the silver, and the brass, and the iron. And a wind would blow it away. And it would be as though it had never existed. Now, we find in the third chapter, and no surprise, this is the natural heart of every wicked man. Nebuchadnezzar makes an image, but instead of making just an image with the head of gold, he makes the whole thing gold. It's 90 feet high and 9 feet wide. It's set up on the plain of Dura, the province of Babylon. Then he summons all of his rulers. He summons them to come and bow down to this image. Now, why am I sharing this today? Because that image still exists. And you must bow down to it, or you must pass through the fire. 
many of you have already bowed down to that great image. You have paid homage to it. We saw that most recently in the image demanding that churches close. Walmart, stay open. Costco, stay open. Walmart, stay open. But church, you're not necessary. You close down. And basically, the churches in America bowed down to the image. And they worshipped. And their hearts were filled with fear. And they were compromised yet once again. This story is so devastating to me. Because I don't want to pass through the fire. But I've already passed through the fire. And Christians do not get to just pass through the fire one time. Neither did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Remember, the threat was that they would be executed with the wise men. They had one night to pray and get the answer from God, and they all prayed, and Daniel received the answer. This was not just casual prayer. This was prayer that their very survival depended on. And then they're faced with this 90-foot-high image of gold. And they are told they must bow down. When the music plays, I find that interesting. When the praise and worship music begins, you must bow down and worship this image of gold. You must bow down and worship prosperity. You must bow down and worship the authority of the state over your church and over your lives. You must bow down and worship all of the things that come along with the culture of Babylon. All the things that come along with the culture of America. You must dress as they demand you dress. And right now in the American culture, it seems that all of the women just want to get undressed. They want to be naked. And then the sad news that a woman who was crowned as the most beautiful woman in the universe leaps to her death and commits suicide. When you bow down to the image, you are not in for a happy trip. You are in for dying. And so we bow down to the new cars. We bow down to the beautiful homes and the beautiful clothing. We bow down to the culture, the music, the entertainment. We bow down to the cell phones. It's no mistake that people walk around like this, head down. They're worshiping. It's no wonder that people live on the Internet. They're worshiping the image. They're worshiping this great image of gold. They're worshiping the Babylonian culture. Well, they're told 
You must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. And so as soon as the people heard the sound of the the praise and the worship band, all the people, the nations, the men of every language fell down and worshipped the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. It's coming. There will be a final mark of the image, mark of the beast. And if you don't bow down and take that mark, you will die. Now, you can be certain, it says, all the peoples, nations of men of every language fell down. Many Jews were included in those who fell down and worshipped this this image of gold. After all, they needed to survive. They had a family to take care of. They needed to, to be successful in their Babylonian captivity. But at that time, some of the wise men, foolish men, the astrologers, they came forward and denounced these Jews. They said, O King Nebuchadnezzar, live forever. You issued a decree, O king, that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipes, and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold, and that whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into the blazing fire. But there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, O king. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. Nebuchadnezzar is angry. He's furious. In the Hebrew, it says his face changed. They were brought before the king. And King Nebuchadnezzar asked them a question. Is it true? that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I've set up? Now, when you hear the sound of the horn, when the praise and worship starts again, you must be ready to fall down and worship the image. What is the image? The image is the culture of Babylon. It's the culture of wealth, of prosperity. It's the culture of pleasing the world. It's the culture of going along to get along. It's the culture of America. America has created the Babylonian culture. When they say, you must bow down and receive this mark. You must bow down and receive this injection. You better bow down. When you are terrified, and you know that you're in trouble if you don't bow down, 
Don't be foolish. Bow down. Do what you're told. Obey. Obey and buy the clothes they tell you to buy. Obey and look at the images they tell you to look at on the internet and the television. Obey and enjoy all of the benefits of the culture of which you're a part. The entertainment. The sexual sin. The drinking, the drugging. The anger, the bitterness. Enjoy it all. It's all for you. If you do not worship, you'll be thrown into immediately a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? You either do what I tell you to do, says the American culture, or you're going to die. And then what are you going to do? Obey the commands of the king. Obey the wicked Biden administration. Obey the courts. Obey the social norms. Obey the expectations of family and friends. Don't become radicalized as a, as a lover of people. Don't become a person who gives all that they have to help the poor and the, and the broken. Don't hold on to what you have. You're going to need it. Worship the image of self. Worship at the image of wickedness. Okay, they know what the conditions are that have been given to them. And they've been challenged. What God will be able to rescue you from my hand? I've had people say to me, Pastor, close the National Prayer Chapel down like all the other churches are closed down. You're going to get in trouble with the government. One dear pastor up in up in Canada has paid more than seventeen thousand dollars in fines. He has been imprisoned repeatedly because he says his loyalty is to Jesus Christ and to the church and not to the government. Now, please, I believe in being a citizen. I believe in voting. I believe in obeying the laws in every way possible, except when those decrees violate my relationship with Jesus Christ or with my brother and sister. Then I will not obey the dictate of any man or any government or any person. I will Abide by what the scriptures tell me. And if they tell me, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, then I'm not going to forsake assembling myself together with other Christians. And many of you listening to this broadcast, 
You're floaters. You don't assemble with the body of Christ. You float here and there. You don't really care to be grounded. You want the freedom of the American lifestyle, where you can go and do whatever you want to do whenever you want to do it. And Sunday morning is frankly very inconvenient because I have to go to work. What? You have to go to work on a Sunday morning or a Saturday morning or whenever your church gathers to worship? What kind of foolishness is this? This is bowing down to the cultural image built by Nebuchadnezzar and built again in the age of every empire that followed Babylon. And the culture remains. It is a culture of wickedness, of defiance against the Most High God. It is a culture of convenience if you will just bow down But listen to what they say. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it, and he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not... We want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. No king. Now, as you know, they were delivered. But many, many thousands, yea, millions of people in these ages that have passed would not bow down and paid the price by being hacked to death, burned at the stake. They lost their lives. They perished in the flame or in the guillotine. They perished in the electric chair. They perished at the gallows. They died. Their life on earth was cut short. Now, I want you to be very clear with me. Nebuchadnezzar is answered by these three worthy men. We will not bow down even if it costs us our lives. A Cuban man told me the story after Fidel Castro took over Cuba. Pastors were rounded up. And they were told, you either make allegiance to Castro first, or we will shoot you. And behind each pastor stood a man with a firearm. And if the man said, I'm sorry, I serve Jesus Christ. He is my Lord and my master. They were shot and killed. Some, not very many, bowed down to Fidel Castro and they saved their life temporarily. In the end, they'll lose their life. 
throughout history, every man has been called to go through the fire. Every woman has been called to go through the fire. What does it mean to go through the fire? It means to say no to the culture and to the practices of the world, the flesh, and the devil, and then to pay whatever price is necessary that is to be exacted by your family, your friends, your church, your government, whatever price is to be extracted, you're willing to pay. And you trust in Jesus to deliver you. And if he does not deliver you physically, he will certainly deliver you into the kingdom above. Nebuchadnezzar is angry. My dad was a lay pastor. He used to say to me, Raymond, when you preach, you either convert the people or make them angry. I've tried to follow that practice by being intentionally honest with you about what the price is that you must pay if you are going to enter into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. They were told that the furnace is heated seven times hotter than usual. Then the command is given by the king that three of the strongest soldiers in his army were to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That is, tie them up in their coats and their clothing. Tie them up and throw them like trash into the blazing furnace. Do you understand that when you don't bow down to the culture of the day, you are considered to be trash to the world? You are not considered to have any worth or any value. The only worth or value the world recognizes is your obedience to their customs and their culture and their dictates. And when you say no to that, the young person who says, I'm going to be a virgin when I get married and I am not going to bow to the culture of sexual immorality. You will be scorned. You will pay a price for that stand against sexual immorality. Or if you go to a social gathering, as I did, and the very highly esteemed top-level owner of the government poured his bourbon for the men. And when they came to me, I said, no, thank you. That's not optional, Pastor. We're here to give honor, and they named this very important man, and we must do so by lifting our glass to him. I said, I'll lift a glass and say thank you for your contributions but I will have water in it. No, pastor, you cannot do that. And then this very important man was told that one of his guests would not lift a glass. And he said to me, 
Ray, I thought we were friends. We are no longer friends if you will not lift a glass with me. I said, I'm sorry. I cannot lift a glass of whiskey to you, of bourbon. I can't lift it to you. I am a follower of Jesus Christ. And that was the end of the evening for me. I was to leave, and I did. You will be scorned if you don't bow down to this image. And you will pay a price. And of course, the question is, are you willing to pay the price of being scorned and ridiculed and cut off and separated, perhaps even from family? Are you willing to pay the price? Well, the furnace is heated. It's probably an oil or tar furnace. Very hot temperatures. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego have been tied up and everyone is scorning them, frowning at them, scoffing at them. They are bound and carried and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so angry, so urgent, and the furnace was so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. And then King Nebuchadnezzar leaps to his feet. He's utterly astonished. He says to his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? Oh, certainly, O king. Well, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then came as close as he dared to the opening of that great furnace. And above the roaring of the fire, he shouts, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego step out of the fire, out of the furnace and walk to where the king is. All of those in high power, the governors, the royal advisors, everyone crowds around them, and they see that the fire has not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair on their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. And Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him 
and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore I decree that the people of any nation or language who says anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble, for no other God can save in this way. And then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. You know, I I read this story. And it terrifies me. It terrifies me because I know there is much in my own heart that just wants to bow down and not make trouble. There's much in my heart that wants to be loved. I want to go along and get along with everybody. I don't want to cause commotion. I don't want to draw attention to myself. I want to be a gray man, unseen, unheard. I can't do that. I was not called to be a gray man. I was called to be God's man. I was called to stand up and say what is true and what is false. That's why I speak so bluntly about the apostate church of our day that has bowed down to the image of Nebuchadnezzar. The fire... can burn you. It can kill you. Are you still willing to lose everything for the sake of Jesus Christ? Are you willing to give up your anger, your bitterness, your fear? Are you willing to simply give into Jesus' hands everything that you are or ever hope to be Are you willing to walk in righteousness and purity regardless of what the threats are? Are you willing to tell the truth? Or will you lie to protect yourself and others? Now in Romans, the seventh chapter. Do you not know, brethren, for I'm speaking to those who know the law, that the law is is having jurisdiction over a person as long as he lives? May I say that another way? The law has jurisdiction over you until you go through the fire. For the married woman is bound by the law to her husband while he is living, But if her husband dies, she is released from the law concerning the husband. So then, if while her husband is living, she is joined to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is free from the law, so that she is not an adulteress, though she is joined to another man. 
Therefore, my brother, don't get distracted here by this issue of adultery. We have all committed adultery. Jesus said, if you look at a woman lustfully, you've already committed adultery with her in your heart. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The question comes now, will you pass through the fire and only do that which is righteous? Therefore, my brethren, you also were made to die to the law through the body of Christ. Or, as the literal translation is, you were crucified. You were killed to the law, through the body of Christ. Jesus Christ passed through the fire for you and for me. And now he calls us to be crucified with him. And that means we turn from all evil. We turn from the culture of the image of gold. So the woman says, I have to have that purse. 4000 $5,000, $6,000 purse. so that she can carry her pennies in it? Or the man says, I have to have that Corvette. I have to have that Mercedes. I have to have it. Why? So that you can be somebody and people will look at you driving that car and say, whoa, there's somebody of importance. I better pay attention to them. It's the foolishness of this image of gold. It's the foolishness of thinking that I can be somebody. That I don't need to humble my heart. I can be somebody important. Let me read this from a a literal translation. Romans, the seventh chapter again. Uh, Chapter seven, verse four. Therefore, my brethren, you were also put to death to the law by means of the body of Christ, with the result that you became married to a different husband, to the one having been raised out from among the dead so that we may bear fruit to God. In other words, I had to die. I had to go through the fire to be married to Jesus Christ. The ugliest thing in the world is the man or woman who wants to be married to the image of gold and to be married to Jesus Christ. It's impossible. You can't do it. To be married to Jesus, you must die. You must go through the fire. For when we used to be in the flesh, the passions of our sins through the law used to be at work in our members with the result that we bore fruit to death. But now we were delivered from the law, having died to that law, by which we used to be bound with reference to us to serve God in newness of spirit 
and not in the old way of the letter. A man who says, I cannot stop sinning, is a man who has not yet died. A man who says, I can be saved in the midst of my sin, is one who has been deceived, and he has not died to that law. He is still bound. And he can't serve God in righteousness. That's his confession. I'm always going to be a sinner. And I've paid a price for preaching that. I've told you before I was I was kicked out of the Anglican Church. We rented from them space for the National Prayer Chapel. We were abruptly canceled and kicked out. And then I was told, you're not welcome to pray in our church. You're not welcome to come to our prayer center. You are not allowed on our property. Why? Because I preached that you had to live and go through the fire and die to your wickedness and to your sin that you might serve God in newness of life. What what then shall we say? The law is sin? Certainly not. But I did not know sin except through the law, for I had not known lust except the law was saying, you shall not lust. What does the law do? The law uncovers the bitterness of our heart. The law uncovers our lusting after somebody else's wife or husband. The law uncovers our lying, our adultery. The law uncovers our unfaithfulness to Jesus. And the only answer is to die to that law which is righteous and holy, but I am unholy. So then, verse 12, the law is holy, and the commandment is holy and just and good. Therefore, the good has become death to me. Certainly not. But it's sin that became death to me in order that it may be revealed as sin through the good that is in the law, working death in me so that sin through the commandment might become exceedingly sinful. Now, please hear me. We must die to the law, and the law will put us to death. It uncovers our sin. And if you claim that you can continue to walk in your sin and be casual about the things of God, and you can come into a place of worship for that image, you can be a part of the culture of America, You can be a part of the religious culture of America that says you will never be able to be clean before God until you die. Then you're a lost man or woman, and you must repent. And you must turn to Jesus. And you must ask him to let the law do its full work in your heart of condemning you. You must let the law point out every place in your heart and in your life where you are still worshiping this image of gold. Now, it also had silver and brass and iron and clay. 
I want you to note that the very feet of this image have iron and clay mixed. And that when that rock comes hurtling out of the sky, the kingdom of God will be established. And this image with all of its gold and silver, with all of its brass, with all of its iron, with all of its clay, the whole thing is going to come crashing down. And if you're still walking, worshiping this image, you too will be ground up by this rock. Jesus is the rock, and he said, you must either fall on the rock and be broken, or the rock will fall on you and grind you to dust. Some of you have not bothered to pay attention to this great prophecy, and some of you have have lived just as worldly people with your own value system. You go where you want to go. You do what you want to do. But you are a disciple of the great golden image. And day by day, you are building up the wrath of God against you as you bow down and worship it. You can worship it as being a pagan or you can worship it being a so-called Christian. saw this pastor stand in front of his congregation and say, God doesn't want me to be poor. He wants me to be rich. And then he had the camera shoot down to his shoes. He said, this is a $2,000 pair of alligator shoes. I don't remember anywhere in the scripture where it says that my feet should be shod with $2,000 alligator shoes. I read where our feet are to be shod with the gospel of peace. In other words, totally surrendered to the work of the gospel to spread the good news of the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of Nebuchadnezzar, not the kingdom of America. America is Babylon. And it too will be destroyed when this stone strikes it. America will burn. It will be destroyed completely. And every person who worships this image and this idol will be destroyed with it. And you now have a chance. You've been building up the wrath of God against you for years in your stubborn rebellion against him, in your demands that you should be able to watch what you want to watch and go where you want to go and do what you want to do, you have been been deceived. And you're building up the wrath of God against you, against that great day of judgment. And you will face that judgment day you will face that judgment day. And your choice is to either face that judgment day and face going through and into forever the fire of hell, or you go through the fire now where you die to your own lust and your own desires 
and you surrender yourself fully and totally into the hands of Jesus Christ. And I know today as I speak in the Spirit that there are some of you who are making this decision now. You've been not very happy about my comparing America to this image and not very happy about me speaking about an apostate church. But you know it's the truth. And you know you have walked in rebellion against the Most High. And you thought you could get away with it. But after this message today, you again know you cannot get away with it. You know that you are going to face that judgment. And you will go into either the fire of hell or into the fire of rejecting the world, the flesh, and the devil and be brought into oneness with Jesus Christ. And so which will you do today? Will you make a decision right now? Will you make a decision that you will follow Jesus Christ regardless of the cost? And that you will allow the Holy Spirit to bring the law to examine your life to see where you have bowed down to the image of gold. Lord, I come today earnestly seeking your face for me and for my brothers and sisters. I ask Jesus that you would bring great conviction to our hearts, that we would be willing, nay, that we would walk through the fire of standing for you, Jesus, in the face of every attack and every enemy. Thank you, my Lord. I pray in your mighty name. Amen. Well, you've been listening to Pastor Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. God bless you today. You can write to me by writing to the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia. Two two one nine five. Two two one nine five. Or you can go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. You can give online, and I'm praising God that January is completely covered. God did that through you as He worked His miracle of you giving so generously. Thank you. Some of you sacrificed so much. Thank you. It was for the work of the gospel of Jesus. So I praise God for you. And you can give online. God bless you. Nationalprayerchapel.com Do you know what I mean when I say God bless you? I say to pagans, God bless you. What it means is, Lord, the only way you can bless this person is to bring them fully into the fire, fully into relationship with you, fully into holiness and righteousness. So when I say that, God bless you, I mean, oh God, bring my brother and my sister through in victory in Jesus Christ. Don't let them be swept away by this foolish Babylonian image of America. I love you. I'll talk to you soon. 
from falling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with 